Hey there, welcome back to Truly Oz, where we're devoted to sharing insider scoops on our major cities and the exploration of regional, rural and outback Australia. We created these Truly Oz podcasts so that before you travel somewhere, you know a little bit about the place and have the lowdown on things to check out. I also love sharing my top picks on where to eat, drink, play and stay. For more travel inspiration, you can also check out our other stories online at trulyoz.com and you can also find us on Instagram at trulyoz. Most people journey to Ningaloo Reef with a dream of swimming with whale sharks and that's mainly why I'm bringing you this podcast today. But it's also a beautiful place with an incredible history where the reef meets the sea. Located 1,270 k's north of Perth, the Shire of Exmouth is an area of 6,260 square kilometres and it's situated on the tip of the northwest cape in Western Australia. Before we venture into this amazing part of WA's coast, I would firstly like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the traditional owners of the land, the Yinngudera people, who have lived in this region for at least the last 30,000 years and likely much longer. They are coastal dwellers ranging from Tent Island through to Balbali Point on the west coast of the Ningaloo, and they call themselves saltwater people. There are some amazing archaeologically significant sites in this region, such as Aboriginal burial grounds, caves and campsites, middens and fish traps, and these have helped researchers to understand more about the history before Europeans arrived. An Indigenous string of ornamental beads made of cone shells was actually found near Mandu Mandu in northwest Cape, and it has been carbon dated at around 32,000 years old. It is one of the oldest known pieces of jewellery in Australia. Those who love their history may have heard of the Bark Stefano shipwreck from 1875, where 17 crew abandoned the ship, but only 10 reached the shore. It was hot, they didn't have much water, they couldn't build shelter, and so this made them incredibly weak. Then a cyclone hit, and things were not looking good for any of them. Most died from thirst and hunger, and the two that were left were rescued by a local tribe of Aboriginal people who nursed them back to health over a few months before they were rescued off a beach. The couple were taken to Fremantle and felt so grateful to the tribe that they raised funds to take back to them. There are more records of the tribes here now because the survivors learned from the rescuers some language, what kind of tools they used and the structure of the tribe. When it comes to European settlement, the area was charted by Dutch navigator Abel Tasman in 1644. Then explorer Philip Parker King spent a few weeks in the region and called it Exmouth after Admiral Edward Pelou, first Viscount of Exmouth. The town of Exmouth was established in the 1960s as a residential and service centre for US naval communications, and it became a joint US-Australian facility in 1972. The town and the stations were ravaged by a cyclone in 1999, and the US Navy left the station in 2002. The facility then became privately managed by the Australian Navy. Today, Exmouth is considered a small resort town, and it has a population of 3,000 people. Ningaloo is a 260-kilometre stretch of fringing reef that is home to 200 species of hard coral, 50 soft coral and over 500 species of fish, including the mighty whale shark. The word Ningaloo is an Aboriginal word that means promontory. Every year between March and July, Ningaloo Reef sees about 600 whale sharks return to the area to feed, making it one of the best places in the world to spot these gentle giants in the wild. So the whale shark season in Exmouth typically runs from the end of March to the end of August, but May or April are usually the best as the congregation of whale sharks is triggered by an annual coral spawning, which happens between 7 and 10 days after the full moon in March and April. And although these huge sea creatures are called whale sharks, they're not actually whales, 
but filter-feeding sharks, often referred to as gentle giants. They are the world's largest fish growing up to 14 metres in length and can live to be around 100 years old. There are many companies, actually around 10 at last count, that you can go out with to see whale sharks and they operate from both Coral Bay and Exmouth in the Ningaloo World Heritage Area. I went out with Ocean Eco Adventures on a 20-foot vessel and the water was so clear that you can see the patterning of fish as they swim by. To say that the reef is teeming with marine life is an understatement. You're likely to see dolphins playing about, humpback whales breaching, sometimes with their young, pods of orcas and fevers of stingrays. And Ningaloo is also a feeding ground and has nesting beaches for marine turtle species, such as the green chelonia mitres and loggerhead caretta turtles. Many green turtles can also be found in the shallow lagoons. By the time you get out to where the whale sharks are, you'll have had a couple of snorkels and we're used to getting in and out of the boat from the back, which has a flat deck at the back to jump off and clamber back onto. The boat crew, usually with knowledgeable marine biologists in the mix, get word from staff in small aircraft as to where the whale sharks are, so the excitement builds when word comes out that sharks are nearby and the coordinates are shared. The procedures you need to follow are quite rigid, ensuring that everyone stays a safe distance from the whale sharks. Males are around 4 to 8 metres long, while the females can grow up to 14 metres, and before going into the water, you're given the lowdown on a whale shark's expected behaviour. There's nothing to be scared of, you'll be assured, except for one bumping into you, as the sheer weight of it is more than 10 tonnes and it would be enough to knock anyone out. The whale sharks live on macroalgae, plankton krill, Christmas island red crab larvae and small nectonic life such as small squid or vertebrates. After the briefing, your boat glides into the place that the spot of planes have singled out and in true Australian spirit, the skipper shares the coordinates with other boats in the area. As if only one or two whale sharks are spotted, everyone shares the sharks. The friendly yet competitive banter on the radio is a comic routine, but one that is necessary to keep all businesses on the reef working together and for the same cause, protecting Ningaloo. Two teams of 10 snorkelers are formed and you all sit on the edge of the stern, flippers above the water, goggles in place. Then it's all suddenly on and you slip into the warm waters, snorkelling in a line behind a leader. Before I knew it, a huge blue mass glided beneath me and then I watched in awe as it gracefully, purposely moved along, its enormous mouth open in a semi-smile to catch lunch. It's easy to forget to kick or even breathe. I just hung there in the water staring. Then all my group started swimming and he swam along about five metres below us. For moments that seem endless, you can swim along with the biggest fish in the ocean, sunlight streaming down and lighting up the big cartoon-like spots on their backs, your shadow small on their large bodies and it's an experience that you'll dream of doing again and again. There are some great places to stay in Exmouth, such as the more upmarket Manta Rays Ningaloo Beach Resort for around $350 per night. For something more affordable, you can stay at Exmouth Escape Resort for $250 a night or at Ningaloo Lodge for around $150, which is more motel style. For the experience of a lifetime, however, Sal Salas is considered one of Australia's most amazing accommodation experiences. You sleep right on the reef in a glamping tent with the reef only 50 metres away. The wildlife in the wilderness at remote Salsalis is what draws people in and it's only a 45-minute drive out of Exmouth. The stars are absolutely incredible at Salsalis as there's no light pollution so every night is mesmerising and it's ideal for stargazing. On my first night while walking from my tent to the dining lodge, there are a million shining stars in the sand dunes as though the Milky Way was somehow reflecting on the sand which I knew was impossible. Then a staff member told me that it was the minute eyes of hordes of wolf spiders that camouflage themselves in the sand. 
They're completely harmless spiders and they eat pest insects, but when you have a torchlight in your hand, their pinprick sized eyes shine back at you like jewels. Everything about Salsalis is centred upon its conservation and sustainability ethos, from the tents that are elevated on wooden posts to minimise impact on the ground, to the eco non-flushing toilets and the showers that give guests 20 litres of water poured in from Exmouth every day. The wonderful staff at this resort are all in love with nature and the great outdoors, many of them also being qualified biologists and scientists. And the 16 tents aren't really tents. They have floorboards, fine linen, king-size beds and your own little deck with hammocks and armchairs. Every night, guests meet at the one communal area which consists of a lounge and a reading area, an undercover dining area and a pontoon-like balcony that hosts the main dining table seating up to 20 people. The chef is superb, dishing up canapes, entrees, mains and desserts that are not only well-considered, because they have to think carefully about every single ingredient as it has to be delivered from town, but also delicious. From risotto balls and cheese platters to chilli mussels, lamb shanks and red wine marinated pears with ice cream, the chefs know how to make simple food shine. Guests at Salsalis have all-inclusive packages which takes in accommodation, food and beverages, and all wines are top Australian gems. And activities such as guided bushwalking and trekking in the nearby gorges, kayaking, fishing and snorkelling are also included. Summer add-ons if you want to do extra things. On my last day before the sun went down, I went drift snorkelling in front of my tent. It's where you float only about a metre above the coral reef, a few metres from the shore, and just let the current take you. Floating along with a school of parrotfish fanning around me was one of the most relaxing things I've ever done. There are oodles of flights from the east coast to the west. For a great road trip, Rex flies from Perth to Carnarvon, and then it's a four-hour drive to Exmouth. Thanks for listening to the Truly Oz podcast. If you like what you heard, hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. And for more travel inspiration, head over to trulyoz.com or catch us on Instagram. We look forward to bringing you more Truly Oz travel inspiration soon. This podcast was made by Afternoon Sport Group. Afternoon Sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com.